Hi, I'm Skip Nipper. Welcome to my podcast, where I tell you about Nashville's great baseball history and traditions. Shot to right a one-hop liner. Certainly about its past, especially about Tom Wilson Park, Herschel Greer Stadium, Sulphur Dale, but also a little bit about its present and future, too. Yes, he can. A mix the waist-high catch. And I introduce you to players, coaches, and other fans and their love for everything baseball. A high fly ball down the right field corner going way back. Hits a lead-off home run. Nashville's reading public, who relied on the written word from the newspapers, the morning Nashville Tennessean and evening Nashville Banner, of course, the Banner is long gone, and the Tennessean is no longer the up-to-date version, though through no fault of its own, knew that they could trust the writers to deliver the best coverage the best detailed account of a game or situation, and do it in a sensible way to earn the trust of those readers. Many are long gone, but today we have Mike Organ of the Tennessean, Tommy Bryan of Main Street Media, Tom Wood of the Tennessee Ledger, and how could I forget the affable and sometimes laughable Larry Woody, also of Main Street Media, who gives his take on the outdoors and motor racing most every week to this day. Now, in the old days, we had John Bibb and Fred Russell and Jimmy Davey, Edgar Allen. Long ago, we had Grantland Rice. And then there was Raymond Johnson and F.M. Williams, Blinky Horn, Joe Biddle, David Clymer, and Harold Huggins. And there's so many others. And thank God we still have Maurice Patton. One who stands out to me as I research Nashville baseball history is George Leonard. He loved baseball as evidenced in his coverage of local baseball, especially the Nashville Vols, for the Nashville Banner, where he eventually became sports editor. Leonard had returned to Nashville to become a sports writer after serving in the United States Navy during World War II, but another way I know he loved baseball so much was that he coached baseball. Two teams, the Green Hills Market and Green Hills Pharmacy, junior knothole teams, that won championships in each of the 12 years he coached, and I think a couple of his sons played for him. His coverage of the Vols in their home ballpark, Sulphurdale, is epitomized by a booklet he co-wrote with his boss at the Banner, Fred Russell, entitled Vol Feats, 1901-1950, and it was an exhaustive, all-inclusive look at the highlights of the Nashville Vols, and I refer to my copy often. Then there's an article Leonard wrote that was published in the Sporting News, May 10th, 1950 edition, that gives his description of Sulphurdale, entitled Sulphurdale of Nashville, Park with outfield hills, gardeners play high up, infielders at bottom to grab balls on the rebound. Well, it's an illustration of the ballpark Nashville's baseball community called home at the time. And he writes, Sulphurdale, historic home of the Nashville Vols, is not only unique among baseball parks in the United States, it is also the most cursed, most unbelievable, most bizarrely angled field and organized ball. Now, this article he's writing is to let everyone know, Nashvillians already knew, but those who read the sporting news and read it on a regular basis 
would get to know Nashville's ballpark at a deeper level. All around the outfield, there is a steep embankment, he writes. The more talented outfielders are able to climb these pinnacles and snag long flies, but it is an art few players possess. The Dell has been called a bandbox compared to a telephone booth, scorned as a contraption, ridiculed as an alleged baseball park, and vilified as a monstrosity. And it's all because of the outfield topography and the precipitous inclines which make life dangerous for unwary outfielders. That and a right field fence located at the top of the slope only 262 feet from the plate and surmounted by a high screen which makes for some freakish blows. Sulfordale is also claimed by Nashvillians to be the oldest park in the country. As early as 1885, professional games in the old Southern League were played here when it was known as Athletic Park. Now, let me interject that it would be a few more years before the owners of the Vols would place a large marquee above the entrance to mark the location of the ballpark, and on it were the words, Sulphur Dell, baseball's most historic park, and underneath in smaller letters it said, since 1870, because it seems by then it was discovered that the Sulphur Spring Bottom Area, the name that predates Sulphur Dell, was used for ball games that early. 1870. But Leonard goes on to write, the steep banks, or dumps as they are known locally, rim the entire outfield. The rise in left and right field is approximately 45 degrees, while the center field elevation is higher, but much deeper, making the inclination more gradual. The right fielder usually stations himself on a well-worn ledge about one-third of the way up the 25-foot dump. And from this spot, he may get a running start on short flies to the base of the incline or race along the 20-foot ledge to try for drives to right center. The only way right field in Sulphurdale can be played is for the second baseman to function as sort of an assistant outfielder, many a hit bouncing off the 15-foot fence or a 30-foot screen above it has been fielded by the second baseman at the foot of the dump. A popular procedure on high flies near the top of the dump is for the right fielder to trot up in the hope of making the catch while the second baseman waits at the bottom for rebounds. Now, you may remember me saying before that if a right fielder is standing at the base of the fence, his feet are 22 and a half feet above the playing surface. Makes it very interesting, doesn't it? And Leonard writes, originally a sulfur springs and a trading, watering, and picnic spot in pioneer days, Sulphur Dell was the site of amateur baseball contests shortly after the Civil War. Grantland Rice is generally credited with giving the park its colorful name. Until 1927, the Dell faced in the opposite direction from its present site. Fans sitting high in the grandstand seating 8,000 can still see the vague outlines of the old base paths. Even in the old park, there was a steep dump in right field and right center, though the rest of the outfield was level. Leonard goes on to describe the addition of a screen high above the outfield fence. The Falls played their first game in their new turned-around park on April the 12th, 1927, 
though the slugging balls of 1948 and 1949, now remember, he's writing this in 1950, have been the greatest crowd pleasers in national history, the top crowd of 14,502 for one game saw a fourth-placed 1932 team. And by the way, that was on opening day of 1932. But Leonard goes on to write, back in 1930, Jim Poole and Jay Partridge hit 50 and 40 home runs, respectively. Most of them, of course, soaring over the right field barrier. In that day, there was no screen above the fence. The 30-foot screen went up in 1931, extending from the foul pole to a point in right center. But it was not until 1948 that the Poole-Partridge League records were shattered Then Charlie Workman set a new Southern Association mark with 52 round trippers, and Charlie Gilbert, son of Larry Gilbert, the manager and general manager of the Nashville Vols, contributed 42, and their 94 homers as a league mark, too. Four years after Leonard wrote the article, Bob Lennon stroked 64 home runs to set a new league record for Nashville in the Southern Association. And Leonard finishes up by saying, despite the convenience of the right field wall so close behind first base, the Vols did not win a pennant between 1916 and 1940. Nashvillians have the perfect answer to critics of their beloved, by them, park. To its legion of denouncers, they reply, in quote, we don't remember hearing any complaints before 1940. But that was before the Vols won five pennants in 10 years. Well, there you have it. Beloved sports writer George Leonard, though calling Sulphurdale cursed, unbelievable, and bizarrely angled, defends Sulphurdale to the end. <laughs> 